Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report interview. Today I'm pleased to be bringing you a band we've recently discovered on the Prog Report called More on Police. They have a brand new album that's out now called A Boat on the Sea. Hopefully you've seen or heard about it a little bit on the website already. Today I'm speaking with lead singer and guitarist Sandre, joined by keyboardist Lars. So I'm pleased to welcome More on Police. Good to meet you, how are you? Pretty good. It's me, I'm Sondra, this is Lars, the keyboard player. Good to meet you guys. Likewise. Become a... A big fan, all uh, you know, pretty quickly out of nowhere. So you got the uh, new album "Boat on the Sea," which is out now, and uh, I mean the response that I've seen online everywhere has been pretty amazing. I mean, is that what you were expecting? What's what are you feeling about that? It feels very good. We weren't really expecting. I mean, we really like the album, and we have for a long time. But uh, mostly because the, the the second album is very heavy and very sort of silly and strange and I, locally we have a lot of fans well we have fans uh, <laughs> that enjoy mm-hmm. that uh, so I was a little bit afraid that the sort of the, the departure from the heavier sound would be a turnoff for a lot of people but I did think that might have a broader broader appeal uh, but generally we were just like we didn't expect this much uh, you know how long did it take you to, to make the album from when you first started working on it? Well, the writing process uh, was pretty quick. Some of the songs are really old. A couple of them have just like sort of been percolating in the back that were done, but they just didn't fit on the last album, like two of them. Uh, but the actual recording of the whole thing, that was an ordeal. Uh, well, it, it was nice. But we, we, well, I, I made demos of all the songs first. And then Lars put some keyboards on stuff like that, and then we uh, rehearsed them with the with the full band. We live pretty like in sep- separate cities, and Norway is a, Norway is a long country, so it takes a little while to get everybody together. Yeah. Uh, so we rehearsed the songs with the band, changed some things, like put out whatever worked, and then started recording. We tried to do it ourselves first, and actually in the room we're sitting, we recorded drums here to see if we could do it, and. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good enough. Um, yeah, so I, I think the initial drum recording was done in like 2016. And then, then we tried again the next year. And uh, it got a lot better. Yeah, uh, we yeah, recorded yeah, the, it. The production is, is great. I mean, it sounds really clean and, and uh, really well done. I mean, you can't, you can't tell that you maybe you recorded it in, a, you know, <laughs> in your... Well, the yeah, drums... Uh, the drums are recorded at like, uh, well, I think it's the most expensive studio in Bergen. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's quality, but they are very good, especially. Sometimes uh, that helps. You never, you never know. Uh, especially drums, they're very good. The rest yeah. we did ourselves. Yeah, even uh, that. I mean, it's it's spectacular. Uh, it took you five years from the last record. So why the long break? Mm, it was mainly because, uh, well, just because of life, really. I I moved to Bergen. And I started playing with Major Parkinson as well. Right. And that's how I sort of tricked him into joining the band because he's in Major Parkinson. And um, uh, there was money constraints. There was, you know, just having the time to get everybody to rehearse, you know, getting everybody together. I was starting to get older. I needed to just study something at least because I, I realized pretty early that, well, there's you're not going to be living off of this. And so, you like, instead of starting... I, so basically, it's just life. I, I yeah. started studying stuff and, you know, get get a degree of some kind and, you know, get a job and all yeah. that sort of stuff. <laughs> real, so life, it's, it, real life things. 
Yeah, so it, I wouldn't say it got put on hold. I was working on it constantly, but it just never, it was never the right time to put it in the forefront again. And uh, also, I mean, well, well, yeah, that was basically just life, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so there's a there's a probably a pretty good amount of uh, my audience or people here in the U.S. that haven't heard of the band, right? So uh, yeah, so t- talk to me uh, about the history of the band and and how it started, how you guys got to where you are now. Um, well, it started in a very small coastal town in the maw of the ocean, uh, to the to the south of Norway, as south as you can get. A uh, small place called Farson, and I played in a. I started making music there. Played with a, a couple of friends. Met the drummer from the neighboring town Lingda, which is a horrible place. You should never go there. Uh, <laughs> no worries. <laughs> uh, and just we we, we were playing in uh, this other band where I made like a bit like power metal ish music because I really liked power metal when I was growing up. I used to be ashamed of saying that, but I'm not anymore. Uh, and just, well, the, the new songs I w- w- was making didn't really fit the mold. So we started this other power trio thing and it just sort of went from there and, uh, the songs kept coming and we started to record them. Basically we, we did some cool things. We played with a, with an entire symphony orchestra in Kristiansand at one point. That was really good. Very cool. Or really fun at least. Yeah. And then the, uh, the name, of course, I'm sure you get asked that a lot, but you know, yeah. it, it has... At first, you look at it and you and and you say, "Well, what what in the hell is that?" But I think it actually accomplishes at least people taking a second look at it and wondering, "What the hell is that?" And then maybe you listen. So it, I think it kind of works. I, I think it kind of works too. I've always sort of liked it, but I know we did not make it easy for ourselves with that name. Our, our old bassist used to say that, and I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, the name comes from uh, me and the drummer Tura. We um, we were at this like military depot thing where they sold old military apparel and shit like that. And we bought these two helmets that said MP. And for uh, a friend of ours was working at a gas station. We ran in there and just said, hey, just look out, it's the Moron Police. Just as a joke. And it sort of just stuck around when we needed a name for the band. And uh, yeah, but I agree with you, uh, what you said. Like, you notice the name, but probably not in a positive way. And when I, with the second album, you notice the name and you see the first single, it's called Teabagger Grandma. Yeah. Well, and you know, like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, that was a whole nother thing that I saw when I was looking at the, the older albums. I'm like, wow, okay, they're really going for stuff. You know, your influences. I mean, there's sort of everything on this record from, you know, I hear Billy Joel, Frank Zappa, um, you know, dream theater in there. I, I don't know. There's sort of a little bit of everything. What, what, you know, where does it all come from? I mean, I've been asked that question a couple of times <laughs> the last weeks, and I don't really have a clear answer because uh, the songs sort of fall out of the sky. So it's not like I sit down and say, I'm going to make a song that sounds like Muse or something like that. They just come out that way. So, uh, but growing up, answer... I mean, were you listening to certain things that. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of power metal when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I was really into Blind Yeah, that you don't hear on the record as much. <laughs> There's some stuff, like Captain Awkward has like a very soaring type of thing. Or was that sarcasm? I'm not good at that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so power metal. But I I, I started listening listening to Gentle Giant at a pretty early age. Yeah. I didn't really I didn't really get it at first. But there were some songs that sort of stuck. And then through the years, like, oh, I love this. 
not that I really think there's that many influences, influences from that band, but a lot of gay music. Uh, Hiroki Kikuta, the guy who made secret, the music for Secret of Mana, like Super Nintendo RPGs. Uh, Noberu Matsu, who did the music for Final Fantasy. David Wise, who did the music for uh, Donkey Kong Country, that sort of stuff. And usually when I mention the, those guys, people just scratch their heads, but they're they're very well known. Their music is played by orchestras around the world. And, but but of course, yeah, Frank Zappa was a, I had like a, maybe two years in my life where it was just it was just Zappa. I just fell into that hole that like a lot of other people do. Uh, I'm probably one of the only I'm I'm the only person I know that hates his guitar soloing. I can't stand it. Uh, so what I would do with a song like a song like Montana, I would edit out the solos and splice the songs together just to ah, get out of there, Frank. Uh, and I know people absolutely love his solos, but I just I just never could stand it. Yeah, it's not that. It's just not my my thing. I don't I'm not really a big fan of blues. And so uh, the big thing with Frank is like he has this amazing compositions, right? And the band is playing all these crazy licks and stuff. But the minute he plays the guitar solo, the band goes into like a backing blues sort of just regular beat mm. sort of thing. I always hated that. I was like, no, play a solo over the crazy stuff, Frank. Yeah, interesting. He, he very rarely did. There there are some, he has some good solos. It's not like everything is, is bad. Well, right he's now. considered, I mean, he's praised as one of the great guitarists, you know. So. He's, a, he's absolutely a great guitarist. Yeah. It's just, it's just, for me, it's sometimes a little bit like, pointless noodling at some point but yeah, i'm yeah, i'm yeah. i'm a lead guitarist myself so you know i shouldn't it's like you know glass in a glass house little giant don't throw stones uh but yeah i love playing solos myself but i rarely see a point of putting them in songs i do some here and there but yeah not there's there's for, a few i mean there's not that much uh crazy instrumental breaks but but there's certain yeah, moments fun. where you guys yeah you guys throw some stuff in where it it, it it makes it really work. Um, I mean, the song that, you know, hooked me in was Captain Awkward, which I think, you know, for anybody that hasn't heard that, I mean, that's the, the sort of the crazy song on the album. Um, you know, talk about write, writing that and, and that part in the verse, you know, the crazy kind of, kind of scat lyric thing scat. that you do there. Uh, that one is, uh, that's one of the songs that just fell from the sky. Except for the the sort of klezmer break thing in the middle, which me and Lars made for another project, and we said, "Well, this fits here." Uh, other than that, that song just sort of materialized, which I, when looking back is a little bit strange because it seems like it's all these ideas put together, but it was just like from start to finish, uh, maybe a couple of hours, it was just, "Oh, there's a song," and hmm. um, the verse thing was was also just something that I was just playing around with guitar and that appeared and I just tried singing over it and was, ah, this is cool. And yeah. I have done like, scatting sort of stuff before. I, I'm not, the word scatting is a little bit weird to use, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but I know what you mean. Uh, scat man and all that. Uh, but uh, on the second album, there's a, sort of like a, a, a funk Red Hot Chili Peppers rap song where I really try to, I tried my hand at like speed rapping. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of hip hop, but I do like some. And uh, what I've always like been drawn to is you know the Busta Rhymes sort of shotgun and the Uzi yeah. rap. I like that. You know that. what? That's funny. That you said the Chili Peppers because I could kind of see that verse and that song being very Chili Peppers. -ish, now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never really listened that much yeah. to. Other than Californication, when that came out during the MTV era and all that right. sort of stuff. But other than that, I don't really have any relationship with them. But 
they do have a very distinct sound. So I remember when I was when I made that song, I was like, oh, this sounds a little bit like mm, Chili Peppers. Yeah. Know. Well, the thing that really sold me on the song was uh, with the, the break in the middle where it stops, and then you go into that acoustic bit, and I thought mm. that's that is the hook. That is the genius unexpected twist right there where i thought these guys got it you know they know they know how to write a good song that's funny uh that, that's my favorite part as well and that part uh came much later uh there was always like a, uh, a slow part there but i was just singing the chorus uh, as it as it is but when i was recording vocals right here actually um for that part uh that other part it's sort of like a variation of the yeah. chorus that sort of popped up and i was like oh that's that's very nice and I get yeah. to flex sort of my my calm voice. I don't get to do that that often. Yeah. Uh, I, I, that that's probably my favorite part of the whole album. It might really. be mine too. It just it's a great great hook and it's a surprising transition because you know you easily could have just continued with the kind of crazy stuff going on for that whole song. And it would have been great, but yeah. that that little twist was was really kind of unique. I thought really 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 cool. Uh, the other song that I loved a lot was uh, you know, Phantom Below, um, which is a little bit different. has this sax solo in there, which I think that's the genius part of that song. So, you know, where, does, yeah, where does that come from? Well, it's uh, on every album uh, I've made and we've made, I've always liked to have like, I like using different instruments. For uh, On the second album, it was violin. We played a, a show at a, like a folk festival in my hometown. And they put us up with this guy on the violin, which was just amazing, like folk violinist. And I really wanted to use him on the album. And so I used him on the album. And on this album, it just it just feels like, you know, you mentioned Billy Joel. And, and I have to say, I, I had been listening to a little bit of B Billy Joel in there. Some uh, Well, that part of, in particular just yeah. sung, you know, screened Billy Joel to me for some reason. I, 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 yeah, like I, I always knew his songs, like the hits, but I started yeah. listening to some of his albums and they're they're great. Uh but yeah, I just I just thought that saxophone is cool. I I'm not sure that's the consensus, but I, I really like it. And I do play a little bit of saxophone myself, but I suck. And uh, yeah, it felt like a good place. Like it's definitely like a solo spot. Something's gonna happen here. And I did do some guitar solos. It was a longer one before, but as I said, I'm sort of like I really burned out on guitar solos. I like they're fun to play, but they no, it's they cool when you can throw something else that's different. I think that's always that that to me is what what Prague is really more about these days. It's not necessarily just sounding like yes, you know. Uh, so I think you throw some cool stuff in there that makes it kind of interesting. Yeah, you get sort of like an, a different vibe, right? And it's sort of... I think it, it also sort of enhances the whole experience for me. It's like, oh, they brought in a saxophone. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Just, like, oh, whoa, is that real accordion? Wow. Are you familiar with the band uh, Thank You Scientist at all? I am. I, I listen to. I, I don't. Uh, I haven't listened much to them, but I remember their the first album they did. Uh, it was posted on a forum that, that I used to. Well, still am a frequent frequent user of. And I remember I, I liked some of that. It was really cool. It was new. It was sort of like, oh, this is different. And yeah, I remember. They get, the, yeah, they the got song. the horns and a violin and, and yeah. everything going on. Yeah, definitely. They're a lot more technically oriented. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was definitely the song uh, "Blood on the Radio," I think. That's a great one, yeah. That's a good one because I really, I really do think they're they're incredible. Uh, but I'm I'm a very I'm a sucker for like the big melodies, the big choruses. It's the Scandinavian heritage of ABBA, 
all that sort of stuff. And I, <laughs> and on the first, I haven't really heard that much since. I think I checked out the new album and I thought that was that was pretty good. Uh, but it, like, if you got a really good hook, it, I'm hooked. It doesn't really matter what kind of genre you're in. You can be black yeah. metal. There's a catchy melody in there. I'm 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 on board. Well, there's a lot of younger uh, new bands like. Like them, like uh, like you. I mean, I think I'll put you guys in there. Um, Bentney is another one that is sort of kind of very weird and out there, and and almost prog alternative. You know, there's there's a whole bunch yeah. of these newer bands, and I think that's a cool cool kind of scene that that could be I, developing. I mean, I would love to be lumped in with those guys. Uh, I mean, it it feels like you know the word prog is sort of a lot of the prog that comes out of norway in my opinion is what i call regressive prog in the sense that it sounds like it's from the 70s that's not there's nothing wrong with that but they're not really doing anything different right it's the whole point of just making it sound like those vintage yeah, yes it, uh, it isn't really progressive it's well that's that's the debate that's the long debate right that's what people yeah, are yeah. you know looking backwards yeah there's nothing wrong with that uh but but i really like i've just started to check out bent knee and i was just blown away but like what whoa 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 that, that voice yeah and everything and i think that's uh but at some point you might slip into avant-garde like where does avant-garde start like sleepy time gorilla museum that's avant-garde but but now with the advent of bent knee not that they're very similar but they're sort of pushing boundaries in the same kind of way so when does avant-garde begin and you know prox stop or something right I don't... it's it's a fine line i mean well there's a lot of great Nor- norway bands um uh, you know, that I've enjoyed over the years. I mean, Gaspacho, I think, are great. Um, Leprous is, you know, on the heavier side, but I think that's that's another great band. I mean, there's a lot of great bands coming out of there. Um, there seems to be happening something around it. There's been like a sort of resurgence of Prague, yeah, both good and bad here in Norway. Uh, I definitely, definitely think I like Gaspacho. I haven't heard... I know the drummer. I used to play in a, in a band because the son was a drummer, actually. Before he was a drummer in, in Gaspacho. No, oh, cool. Um, and um, I, I do like Leprous. It's not my not my kind of style of prog, but I'm just very very impressed by those guys, especially the vocalist. My lord. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know the other band uh, that he played the drummer plays in, uh, Rendezvous Point. Uh, the bassist there went to like uh, like music school gap year with the drummer in my band. Oh, okay. So there's a connection there, and also the the orchestral thing I mentioned. We played with an entire orchestra in Kazan. They also play there at the the same event. So there's like a tiny so little. You guys go in there in circles, you know, start to I, yeah, you know each other a little bit. And I remember oh, they, they yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, finish. Go ahead. I just remember they, that uh, the first time I saw I, I saw Leprous a lot of years ago. Uh, they warmed up for Devin Townsend the first time Devin Townsend played in uh, in Oslo or in Norway generally. And I remember, like, yeah, the sound was not so good, but I was just like, that vocalist, wow. He had dreads at the time, and he was like, this is an alternative <laughs> dude up here. And now he looks like a, you know, like a, a very cool businessman or something like right, that. Right, right. Well, that's their whole, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, no, that's great that you guys know all, all, all those bands and everybody's in that circle. That's, that's really kind of neat, I think. Um, are you guys touring? Are you doing any shows? Any plans to? Or? There are some coming up in the summer, but... Uh, our keyboard dude here is going to be a dad in like a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Congrats. So he's close to that. And so that we, we're definitely going to tour. Uh, but right now we're just like, we don't know how much time that, that's going to, you know, suck out of his life. How yeah, much pretty, of it. pretty much all of it. So just, you know, uh, 
Let's see how much of his life force is intact after a couple of weeks here. Yeah. Uh, but so the whole thing is, it's hard to make, uh, you know, bookings right now because we don't really know. And we really do need him for uh, for these new songs. Um, but yeah, we're definitely going to play live. Uh, the songs are too fun to not play live. I mean, uh, so yeah. we, we have some summer bookings, like a couple of summer festivals, actually, which is very nice to get in on that sort of circuit, which is hard to get in on in Norway. Uh, I should mention that one of the cool things about the album, which isn't always the case nowadays, but it's the, the album cover, uh, which mm. I think is just really amazing. Uh, you know, this guy you know, an artist or someone in the band, who put that together? I don't know. It's arguably the best part of the album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it's uh, I'm a big fan of uh, art. I draw myself, but I suck. Uh, and I've also I've always like made sort of like lists of potential uh, artwork dudes or dudettes. Uh, and uh, he, when we're doing the second album, he was on that list. He's called Dulk. Uh, his name is Antonio Segura Donat. He's uh, from Valencia, I think. Mm-hmm. And he, you could just tell that this guy, he's gonna be big. I mean, he's got it or whatever that is. Uh, mm-hmm. And I sort of caught hold of him right before. He sort of made it big, and so we did the whole vinyl and lots of art for the second album. The vinyl is really beautiful, uh, for a, a, a not too expensive, which was very nice. And so we sort of became uh, online pen pals, really. And so for the third album, uh, I really wanted to use him again. Uh, and also the second album, he did he did it pure digitally. He was digitally drawn uh, using well, he used clip parts and stuff like that. But on this album, he he. Did a whole oil paint, oil painting, which was. Uh, oh, so just, he drew the, the the whole thing. The whole thing is is wow. sketched first. First was sketched on a big canvas, and then he paints the whole thing, and then he has a photographer that takes like a high risk image of it. He's he's absolutely amazing. And that is really cool. Really yeah, yeah. neat. He travels the world uh, nowadays. And just does, he he's basically a street art duty, or at least he started with that, and he does sculptures as well now. Yeah. He just travels around the world having a good time, painting some walls and just living the life. I sort of envy him. He seems to yeah, have it's a... very cool. I mean, it's got like these amazing bright colors, which is really... Yeah, uh, very vivid colors. Uh, very, yeah. very cool. So, uh, you know, what's... You got the... Your tour is on hold, potentially. We're seeing what's coming up. But you're still writing. Is there is there plans to, to put music out sooner than five years or, or any plans at all for anything? Yeah, I mean, uh, always moving, always doing stuff. Uh, the next album is potentially a concept album. So, uh, I mean, there's been some complaints that the album is too short. It's like 33 minutes. And I, I always respond with Frank Zappa's albums are 28 minutes long. So. <laughs> right, right, right. And they're filled with guitar solos that are like five minutes long. <laughs> I saw some comments online about people saying that. And, and yeah. you know, it was, it's not a complaint necessarily, but I felt it was short just because I wanted, I just wanted more songs, not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I, I take it as a compliment. But it, not- but it works in that length because, uh, look, some, some albums overstay their welcome. I mean, that's also not great. You know, you get yeah. 70, 80 minutes of an album and you're, and you're like, I just, those last three songs, I just didn't need it, you know? It's too so, much, I mean. There's know. so many. There's so many good double albums that could have been just one amazing yes, single album. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah. But, but to answer your question, uh, yeah, there's been there's a lot of stuff written. We're sort of working on that now, and the next one is probably going to be an hour long or maybe a little bit longer. But it will there be a constant album. And, and I think the only way for me, the only uh, way to justify a, a, an album that's like one hour twenty minutes or something like that, mm-hmm. it's got to be a concept album. Got to be something like that. 
but so, yeah. But uh, there's a leftover song that might come out. Uh, yeah. This uh, Christmas probably. Yeah. We'll see. It's uh, it's a ballad. It's a good one, I, I think. But it's sort of a, it sort of harkens back to our more sillier days. I would say. Is it recorded? Uh, Is it recorded already? It's done. It's done. So it's it's uh, we even filmed sort of a musical video, but it's it's actually horrendous because it's just me and him in, in bathrobes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, it's something. Man, listen, great to talk to you guys. I think you'll see the album appearing on end of the year lists and, and the whole thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting stuff online. Keep spreading the word on everything. And uh, good luck to you guys. And good luck on the baby, man. That's that's great news. Good luck never sleeping again. Yeah. No, I, I live. I live. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right, well, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, Thanks keep for in touch. Time, man. Yeah, man. All thank right. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Sandra and Lars for the interview. A Boat on the Sea by Moron Police is out now. Please check it out. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theparkreport.com. Follow us on Facebook at The Park Report on Twitter and Instagram. You can download the podcast on all our podcast networks and check us out on YouTube. We're going to close with Captain Awkward from The Moron Police. Thanks. And alone, but I'll stay your while. But you feel frozen, your heart has turned to stone. 
As you ride the undertow, I see you home.